and welcome to this week's Super 8's podcast. I'm your host Denise O'Flaherty and joining me as usual is our pundit Sean O'Gohalpine and we're also delighted to welcome former Leitrim manager Declan Rowley onto the show. Sean O'G, take a breath after the weekend. We have to start of course with Hurling and first of all we'll start with Kilkenny but more importantly that man Brian Cody. I said it a few weeks ago to Cahill Joyce, I just Love Kilkenny, I'm sorry to say that to you, but there's just something about Mr. Cody. Hats off to the four teams anyway, Denise. Oh, some spectacular hurling this weekend. Um, we thought that last night couldn't get any better to run the, mm. um, the clash between Kilkenny and Limerick. Uh, from Wexford, like, they equal and nearly went a few steps ahead mm. of that, right? Do you know what I mean? Which was unimaginable after last night, like, you know, for sure. Tomorrow morning, it'll be all about the miracle man that is Brian Cody and the second come-up man that is Liam Sheedy yeah. his second reign which has been a graveyard kind of terms for managers to come mm. for the second time it rarely works out like Sheedy's brought him to the final but like back to Brian Cody I mean what more can be said about a fella where everything is said about him right yeah. even if they win the final or not getting Kilkenny to a final with a crop of kind of relatively the new players yeah. unfortunately will always be compared to the great teams of 10 years ago do you know what I mean yeah. like probably Cody best ever Kilkenny team do you know under yeah. his watch last year or two years ago you would have said like oh it'll take Kilkenny another four, five, six years do you know what I mean before they yeah. back to uh, compete and then just as you're blinking your eye and falling asleep there they are back again and in all Ireland final to beat the All-Ireland champion in an epic contest by a point. The Miners had a great victory yesterday. Over Limerick, yeah. Limerick, and they're in the All-Ireland final. And their under-20s are playing Cork next week in a game which I wouldn't be so confident from a Cork mm. perspective. It's all driven by the guy. He is the GES version of the Pope, I'm sorry. Absolutely. So, I have to imagine, like, last year there was calls for, for him to kind of move on, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? That he'd gone past it and tactics of hurling, do you know what I mean? Where it's more possession game and more support play and then players are, teams are playing through the line as opposed to going orthodox. I thought it was just a mark of faith that he had and his players that were struggling at times and he kept putting Declan, I know your father-in-law is a tip man, so you have to be very careful what you say about Cody but um, you know what else can you say about the man and what he's done with Kenny? Yeah he just has it um, I suppose he reminds you very much of Alex Ferguson whatever it is mm. uh, they're able to instill that sort of uh, belief and, and and get everything out of players like, and, and that's the key really in management you know people talk about coaching and about building and all that sort of stuff but that's, that's maybe anybody can pull that together but it's the ability to get the players to play with that heart on the sleeve yeah. and to give everything and looking at Kilkenny yesterday uh, it was probably his finest hour in a lot of ways because you know he didn't have the stand up players yeah. like Henry Sheffins and Tommy Walsh and all those guys and yet he got a group of players to believe in themselves in Croke Park against the All-Ireland champion no you could see it it set the standard in the first 10 minutes for were really and truly Kilkenny were all over the place and swarmed and just didn't mm. smother Limerick and I suppose Limerick's naivety uh, they weren't ready for Not enough superlatives to describe the second semi-final Tipperary's amazing comeback down by five points and a man down two as well I had to listen to it on the radio because like yourself we were going to uh, local club championship games but uh, remarkable Yeah remarkable again and it's been a marvellous weekend for Horton 
Um, and you know it's it's great television as well because it just goes to the wire and it went to the wire again today and Tiberi showed remarkable resilience to come back because in fairness to, to, to Wexford they had a lot of the stones unturned and they were in a really good position with uh, with uh, Tiberi down to 14 men at one stage five points up going into the last few minutes of the game and yet Limerick found that resolve somewhere to come out of it and I suppose you have to hand it to Liam Sheedy he's been there before and he's done it and he obviously has it and as a, as a result of that, you know, he ran on some fresh legs, connected up with the likes of the Mahers and, and, and Callanan and these guys, who are very experienced players, who have been there since 2010, that All Ireland win. So he combined both, and he again gave them the belief. And I think temporary people were, were lacking that belief mm. for the last year, and suddenly they're back in it now. And again, you have a traditional final with two giants of managers, with two giants of counties. So I suppose it's, it's really it's going to be a magnificent final. Sean Og, Davy Fitz, emotional post-match interview. You know, as a journalist, I hate having to interview the losing manager after a game. And I remember years when Longford lost an under-21 uh, final, myself and the then Longford manager, Eugene McCormick, actually we both cried in the interview because I was upset as a supporter and, of course, he was upset as a manager. We thought Davy had brought Wexford so far just a couple of months ago and as far as he could... But today, you know, just that, they just came up short. It's a day of your record, like, you know, can I, because tomorrow morning when you read the papers, it'll be all about, you know, it'll be all about the winners, mm. but you'll have to take a moment and recognise the, do you know what I mean, the effort and the achievements of Limerick and Wexford, do you know what I mean, this weekend of <laughs> making, like, kind of the two games, like, you're kind of great spectacle. Wexford will be wondering for a long time how they let this one slip, like. I will concur with Declan Nair like and I tip her on the canvas literally eight second count I said the referee was the, the referee was going in the ninth second and then tip just wobbled on her legs one hand in the ropes and they just dug deep and then like two champions they just bought it out of someone that I didn't think they had it in them to be honest by the 59th minute so John McGrath got sent off yeah. uh, he deserved to go mm. off but it was like a ridiculous act by John McGrath like you know what I mean mm. if, if, it was a, if it was a fellow in his first year you, you give him the benefit of the doubt you know he's yeah. need green but John McGrath can't see him but you know temporary no for like for five years no like he he should rely on a home person or how high the stakes are to the game was in the melting pot Guest sent off, tip a man down, record wheel, one, two, one, three, do you know what I mean? Mm. Over the next five minutes, and with about ten minutes to go, like, I, I, I didn't see tip coming back. Not alone that, right? Tip reel it back, draw a level, and you think that, yeah, tip of steady the ship, bang, Rex, you come in, another goal, yeah. and it says, ah, look, come here now. They're after surviving an uppercut once, no, but they're after getting another uppercut, like, with a left hook. This is game over. I mean, the last three minutes of normal time, and there was six minutes additional time in the spirit of Tipperary, like in the last six minutes, I got him off the line. I, I'm still trying to digest how Tipperary got over it, got off the line today. Like, we all remember the lead teams from the late 80s, right? And then they were known, like, the classic lead, a fella sent off, and it did win the game because the rest of the 14 fellas would just, you know what I mean, pick it up, like, and then, and then make up for the... Uh, for the numerical disadvantage, right? In modern day hurling and football, if you get a fella sent off, it's nearly game over. Declan, as a manager, fine margins between defeat and victory. How do you feel, though, as a manager, those final couple of minutes? What goes through your head? 
I, you know, it, I suppose it, I often get a career there, you know, it's nearly out of your hands mm. to go across that white line. Yeah. It's minimal what you can do. Uh, you need the players on the pitch to stand up. Like Sean Org would, obviously, will remember that great half-back line that he played in with Cork and were just, it was, it was impossible to penetrate them. A bit like the Tommy Walsh half-back line that Kenny had for years. And I think that the Mahers are, are, are standing up there for the Tipperary team as well. I think, I think most teams are built on their half-backs. I think mm. you can get a good half-back line, blocks out an awful lot of stuff, hooks are, hook outs are coming your way, you're winning hard ball and dirty ball. You know, and it's very tough on the line, but, but I have to add in here, Denise, I thought John Kiley's uh, response after the match was the most dignified I've ever heard from a manager. Yeah. Um, he stood up, took it on the chin, he said, well, dust yourself down, never complained about the referee, never complained about any of the, of the situation. Uh, and I just, you know, he's a colleague of my own, he's a principal down mm. in, in, in Tipperary, actually, in Tipperary Town. But he's a real, uh, a real gentleman. You know, he's a class act guy, Declan, yeah, class act. He's a class act, Sean Ogan. Class act, Sean Ogan. I'm not from a hurling point of view, and, and you'd appreciate it from a hurling point, just seems to be a class act, you know, and, and I do think that, that there's a lot of class acts in the hurling management. Like, yeah. For some reason, uh, you know, I, I just think they're a level above what they're at football level. Of course, we are going to have to talk about the officiating. You know, obviously in the Limerick game, the 65 at the end, but I, I think, you know, kind of would probably take away from Kilkenny's win. Though today, everyone's talking about it. Was it wise? Of course, the GEA powers didn't realise that Kilkenny were going to be in a final, but was it wise having Kilkenny referee in charge, you know, with the game going so fast, Declan as well, you know, people are saying, you know, should a referee get more help? Um, it has just, it's upped levels every year, hasn't it as well? So obviously it's, it's hard for guys to officiate these games. You know, if you're close to the action in Hurland, you could be a hundred metres away from it within, within two seconds. Right? Yeah. So it's very difficult. I think at the highest level, you know, you know, at the highest level in basketball, you have two referees who are in a court, which is very small. And and at that highest level where there's so much at stake, yeah. I, I think obviously going going to the video referee is hugely important and more often because it can be done very quickly. It's done in rugby and there's not a big hold up I, and and it, it it has to you have to be very fair. But obviously the referee got a number of calls yeah. wrong today and 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 that's a shame. But uh, on the other side of it is all referees will get things wrong yeah. and maybe sometimes he got most of his calls wrong against Tip and tip one, which at least that's some consolation. Yeah. If the wrong calls and somebody doesn't really suffer because of them, then at least that's a consolation. Sean, there's a great saying to err is human, and you know, we all make mistakes. But at the end of the day, you know, when these guys are given absolutely everything for their jersey, for their county, for where they're from, they deserve a little bit better when it comes to officiating. You know, I'm sorry, referees, and it's a tough job. You know, when I, years ago, I wanted to go into refereeing and then I thought, eh, no, because I'll probably be given out to myself. But um, it's very hard, but the players do deserve. Yeah, I would concur with that, Denise. Yeah. Um... A lot of these players invest a lot of their own personal time, do you know what I mean, mm. over the course of the year. Like, I mean, these players, like, have been training since last November. Probably, for a lot of them, kind of, a lot of them, this is probably their biggest stage ever, do you know what I mean, like, mm. that they love playing, right? And then, just to have, just to have, like, their year, kind of, you know, decided on the wrong call, it's, it's very thick and harsh, right? So, like, and then, and then Declan is touching something, which, 
needs to be kind of more debated about or more spoken about. I know, like, I know there's been rumblings, like, but I, I, I think now is the time to have more referees on the pitch, right? Two referees, like, and uh, one referee in each half, because I don't know that you've heard of the fella Kip Choga, right? He's the greatest marriage in the world yeah. ever, right? Yeah. And if he had a whistle and he smoked it there, he wouldn't have kept <laughs> up with the face. I'm telling you, not a hope in hell, right? And second is right. You're, you could be standing 10 yards now, yeah. a rocking ball, the ball is picked up 100 yards up the pitch, and then you're looking 100 yards, seeing, like, do you know what I mean? Do I have clear view? Was that a pull of the jersey? Was that not? Was that two fellas contesting or was that, a, was that a hand over the shoulder? It's impossible, right? You know, um, you need to take something radical like this weekend, do you know what I mean? Like to kind of, over the winter, to, for the pose the beat to sit down and say, look, enough is enough now, do you know what I mean? Like, kinda, you know, we need to get serious here. We need to uh, either get more referees involved in the pitch, right? Or get more power to his support is like the linesman and the umpires and and then, and then, and then have a guy up in the cold nest like coming down not just in Hawkeye but it was like a point or a wide but in other things as well like do you know what I mean like the 65 yesterday whatever that was yeah listen lads unfortunately we'd love to talk about the small ball all night but we have games next weekend we'll talk about them after Declan there was a great article during the week written by Kevin McStay just about Dublin's dominance and we're seeing it again their under 20s won yesterday they have a guy as we mentioned him last week um, Sean Ogg uh, Kieran Archer you know he done it again this weekend two goals in the All-Ireland semi-final their win over Galway and it's amazing to think that more than likely he probably won't make that Dublin squad for a number of years yet Declan he could walk into any other county in Ireland I don't know if you've seen um, Kevin McStay's article but I would advise people it was in the Times I would advise people to actually look at it and read it because uh, he just, just talks about about Dublin and the way the players are conditioned and the difference between them and it's not just the best players they have it's just the conditioning and they don't have to worry about bringing on lads and they're conditioning these lads from an early age so that when they step into that senior setup, it's just seamless Yeah you know and let's say weight and numbers alone that gives you a huge yeah. advantage then using the numbers well gives you a huge advantage using the, the profile of the Dublin team gives you a huge advantage because it gives you a lot of money yeah. it gives you expertise it brings people on board like you just compare that to a player in Longford or Leitham yeah. they're working in Dublin they're travelling down for training or down in Cork and, and they're trying to get yeah. employment they're up and down from Dublin the lads in Dublin are all located close by there's, it's a massive thing to pay for Dublin lads are walking away from panels down the country all the time so Dublin have a huge advantage and you know people say well 20 years ago that was not the case Dublin got their act together their coach and development together they have 50 coaches paid all over Dublin they're going to schools they're, all the schools and colleges they're all improving in Dublin as well they did that at Holland as well so they have their act together they have the money to do it they have the know-how to do it they've all the expertise to work out at ECU and UCD and so on so they've, they've maximised everything and nobody's going to blame Dublin for that full stop now where does the rest of the country lie you look at the under 20 grade which I think is very disappointing if a player in a weaker county plays with a senior panel yeah. in that county he can't play in the under 20 championship Dublin have have the situation where they don't need any of those guys nope. so they play their best 20 year olds on that team and then you have another team that maybe it's Longford or Leacham or somebody else who needs maybe three or four of them the 20s 
in order to supplement the senior panel, which means your under-20 team is just decimated. And that happened with Kerry in terms of Kerry, not, yeah. not a weak team, but they had three or four of those young lads in there. And, and as, as a result, they, they ruled out the chance of winning the All-Ireland this year for that, Kerry, that great Kerry minor team. So I, I think the powers that be have to sit down, they have to look at all the elements of this and try to find out, not to penalise Dublin, but look at all the others and how can we level the playing surface for everybody around the place. Yeah, he's exactly right. And I have to say, Sean, oh, well done to Cork's under-20s, the defeat of Tyrone. Tipperary on it by, by all accounts, I think. Oh, yeah. And as you said, yeah, just like Tipperary in the under-20 the other night. But Declan is right about the under-20s. Like, that Dublin squad, you know, no one knew any of those players. And the thing about it is, more than likely in a couple of years' time, we will see, please God, Kieran Archer making a step up to the senior setup. But for other counties, you know, that can't, we don't have the numbers to do that for that under 20 competition. You know, if you want to develop lads, give, give every player the chance. Um, he's also right as well about just the resources that, that Dublin have and that the GEA just have to make it a level playing field. Yeah, um, I think the biggest glory is like financial assistance. You know, mm. obviously to get the bigger piece of the pie, the other counties kind of around the country like don't even get nowhere half the you know the budget. Mm. So I'd imagine I'm not quite sure which way is it divvied out. Is it because the population per head, or is it I I don't is it amongst the clubs in the county? I don't know which way Cork Park goes the funding right, but I'd imagine at this stage right that Cork Park would say okay, look, the state of the game in Dublin is very strong in hurling and football grand look our funding towards them over the last couple of years has served this purpose now let, let, let's look at the other counties do you know what I mean that are strapped on the floor and, and that can do with the assistance I do but obviously, if, obviously that's not going to be the perfect solution because you have people from Dublin then because they're not campaign against us though like you know because and then like that in those parts he does he does touch an important point like you can have all the money in the world, Denise. I mean, don't get me wrong. Money yeah. is, it will help, but you need the nose, you need the clothes, or you need the wisdom and how to use that money. And then obviously, Dublin yeah. have done it smartly. From what I gather, the players turn up and then whatever they seem to need or want is there, right? They don't have to worry about it, right? Which is a huge help. This is between Dublin players and players like elsewhere is, I, 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 I think the Dublin players are self-motivated like in terms of, it, it's not what they do collectively, but it's what they do on their own. From what I gather, Denise, is what, like it makes Jim Gavin's job easier. Like Jim Gavin is not like, Sleeping in November, worrying, and my fellas like out in the piss. Do you know what I mean? Five nights a week, like they're not. It's the air. It's in moderation, but they're very committed to their what you call it physical conditioning skills, working on their weaknesses. They're willing, I think, like Dublin strength. The other argument against Anthony's is I sure if you were in Kilkenny, Kieran, Kieran, Kilkenny is actually, so wouldn't you be doing? Because you're probably guaranteed an all in every year, like, do you know what I mean? Mm. And then what about a fella from County Sligo putting in the same work? Sure, he mightn't see the light of the air, Park, and I get that out. Declan, would you have had, you know, Sean was saying it about Jim Gavin, you know, I've often heard about Dublin players, yes, they've got plans and they will go, and even some of the ladies' counties have, team, you know, done that for the teams, that the players have a system for the week and they know what they're doing and they don't really have to worry about them. When you were at Leitrim, though, it was different. Yeah, look, at the next, so I took over Leitrim for three years and I was with Longford for three years, and I suppose the biggest concern you have, first of all, is will the players come in? Yeah. Uh, you end up begging players, uh, trying to promise them what, what you have in mind. 
mind on how this can change what is the norm in these counties. So this, these counties are after getting a job on from somebody on the previous year you take over. Then you've got to go after these guys who are just on the periphery in the mm. sense of, of, of attitude and are, are the one to commit and they've got other things going on in life and they have to decide. have to balance that and see is it worthwhile. And, you know, in counties, the weaker counties, that is a difficult ask straight away. You know yourself that you have a confidence in what you're doing, your coaching ability, your ability to man-manage players, and all of this. But, but then it comes to the crunch where you have less players, less ability within your squad, and then you have less players within the county. Like if you count it up, I'd say the amount of 18-year-olds in long to play football, you probably would get 50. I don't know. I don't, that's a new wise. That's guess. very true. There's the thousands that yeah. are available within Dublin or somewhere else. So... So basically, you have to maximise that. You have to actually get every one of those and you have to put a huge amount of effort in there. And, and then you get exceptional results like Longford Miners beating Dublin in the city final last year. Gets, that's an exceptional result. Mm. It, it would be like, you know, the Kenny Horror being beaten by Westmead in a Leinster Minor. They come very seldom and, and they give us oxygen and we sort of live off mm. that. And the under-21 um, result a couple of years ago, remember that? Yes. Yeah. And it gives the powers that be the feel oh, now lads, you had that one follow that night of summer, but the, the system won't change now. Look at it. But that doesn't, like the exception doesn't make good case law. Yeah. And as a result of that, we must find some way, and John always right about, you know, the distribution of the money and how it's, how it's used. But if you look even at, at the Aussie rules, and if you look at basketball draft in America, the top team get the last draft. The bottom team mm. gets the first draft. And that's an attempt in order to make sure that the best teams don't get all the best players and the, and the league stays reasonably close. And there has to be something like that within within uh, the, uh, the GEA system because in order to match Dublin, you'd nearly need to be totally professional. And that's yeah. what's happened in rugby. In order to match the All Blacks, the Irish had to go totally professional. And none of us want that. But we have to find some way. Otherwise, it becomes an elitist situation where... Like, you know, we have it in the hurling, and in fairness, the hurling has developed massively with Leash and with Mead and teams like that coming through. But there's a limit to where they can go, but at least they're playing at a decent level and have a chance to move on. I just think in, in, in Gaelic football, I think it's just becoming like the, the Super 8 has now become the Super 4, really. But look at even Longford this year, the amount of players that just decided to go off to America. I know it was different decisions, they all went over for America for. But, you know, just for the summer and long for where without them, I think probably because there was just no competition in, in Leinster, they realised that if Longford had beaten Kildare, they're playing Dublin in the semi-final. They wouldn't have a chance of playing in a Leinster final. I know Ballery Gilleran probably would have stayed on an extra year if he knew that Longford, you know, was possible of getting to a Leinster final. But when he's seen that Dublin in the semi-final, you know, there's no real, there's nothing there for players anymore. No, well, certainly that level there, and no, lads are very bright now, and they're all sort of university educated, and there's have a lot of options out there in that, and you know they're 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 smart enough to know that they're not going to put their life on hold for something that's unattainable. Like I often think to myself, a junior club trying to win the junior championship in a county that you can achieve an awful lot, but a group of players that are trying to win that championship and win the, the championship because that's their ultimate goal. But ask that junior team to play in the senior championship in the county yeah. every year and get a hammer and expect these boys to turn out on the, on the morning at 10 o'clock for training and lots of other, other stuff going on with concerts and everything else that the young people are doing nowadays. You know, you're only fooling yourself and somewhere along the line we're just going to run into a massive roadblock and then we wonder when we see the fallout why it all happened. 
yeah, because you look at the grades in the club championships and I know myself, you know, and, and it pains me to say sometimes with my own club that sometimes I feel, you know, we're not strong enough for senior or, you know, when we're intermediate, you know, we're too strong for intermediate. And you have that. Sean Ogg, Declan did mention the Super 8s. And what use are the Super 8s? You know, next weekend you're going to have, I think it's going to be a charity match, literally, between Roscommon and, and Cork next weekend. They were meant to be the Super Big Razamit has about the Super 8s and nobody is interested in them. The only game of interest probably next week in the Super 8s is the, um, the Blackbuster in Cassiebar. Yes, you know, Donegal and Mayo were like, kind of, everything was on the line. And then, what's the other Dead Rubber game? Uh, I mean, Tyrone and Dublin kind of Dead Rubber to an extent, do you know what I mean? Probably, what, what's that state there is who finishes top? More than likely getting easier, you know, uh, like play a runner up from the other group in the, uh, in the semi final. Like, whoever was sitting down, like, I'd imagine me, whoever was sitting down, kind of, not that they had me kind of taught this one off, but. What's common in Cork? You know, doing out the fixtures, no disrespect to the counties, but you're always going to know that, you know, Tyrone and, well, obviously Dublin were going to, but at the start, to kind of jazz things up, you know, what's common in Cork, first game Super 8. Yeah, there's no doubt. Like, yeah, it would, it would certainly be something to work off uh, in the sense that both teams are still in it. Yeah. Uh, I think Cork have benefited from the Super 8. Yeah. Um, I do think being in there and going out against the top teams and having the, having the crack at it. Cork had a really good game against Kerry this year. Uh, they had a really good game against Tyrone. They had a really good game against Dublin. And I suppose at the end of the year, apart from the team that wins the All-Ireland and possibly Kerry, I think Cork are the, te- are the team that actually have benefited most from this year. You've wondered probably, as a Super 8, probably, should it just be knockout quarterfinals mm. at the end of the day? Because I don't think, I don't think there's a great benefit. You'd have had four very good, or you'd have four reasonably good quarterfinals. I don't think it does much better, much for the, for the game, by just making sure you've lost the game. Because if, if they're lopsided at all, then it just takes the cut out of it. But the hurling there, it comes to the level of quarterfinals and stuff. The hurling have, have, have it right, and the ladies' football have, have yeah. it right. Uh, I just think that they, the, the Gaelic football, and I think the weaker counties are, are their own worst enemies here because they all keep voting for Christmas like turkeys and they don't, they don't, uh, see that they might benefit from a different and alternative system. I see people, I, I see the media actually pumping out a lot of this thing called the B championship. What is labelled as a B championship? Like, you know, but the minute you hear B, yeah. I remember my own time, the Murphy, and basically it just turned everybody off because you played in the Leinster Championship, then you played in the qualifier, and you lost in that in the Murphy Cup. And at this stage, the players want to go back to their clubs. So I just think the B Championship, it has to be more imaginative than that, and it has to be set up better. The whole thing has to be taken down and looked at, rather than putting sticking plasters on it. It's wrong, it's not working, and therefore, as a result, it needs to be a root and branch look at it. Don Green is a very good article in last week's uh, Sunday Independent, and I think some, a lot of that could be applied and looked at but it has to be really blue and branch the whole way rather than I just don't like these sticking plants or bits and pieces of stuff happen every second year trying to get it right I just think it needs to open up and I think the provincial councils are the real elephant in the room at the moment Sean Og- Declan was right about Cork and um, us Longford people are kind of fearful of that now next year in, in Division 3 because you'll be down there playing us but it did benefit Cork but also supporters, you have to think of supporters in this, you know, with some of the games and as you said obviously, you know, the Mio Donegal game next weekend is the big one Tyrone Dublin, I suppose Tyrone will want to get a result against Dublin the fact they're bringing them up to Healy Park 
um, Oma, but you know the GA have all these great ideas, but at the end of the day, they don't think of players and they don't think of supporters. Definitely, from a Cork perspective, having having Cork supporters to go up to Dublin, right, and watch a football game on a Saturday, you know, and expecting to stay overnight, and then watch the football game on yeah. a Sunday, you know what I mean? Was it totally disregarded? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, uh, to one country that was playing over the weekend, and um, uh, I think even the wisdom of having having these Super Eight games in Core Park is ridiculous. Like, do you know what I mean? Great. Uh, Jesus, how much was that? The Cork Tyrone game. There was about oh, it was a very small crowd. There, there was there, there was there was probably nearly more players and background team staff and inside the pitch than there was like up in the stands. Like, look wrong. Like ball being thrown up and you see an empty queues extend. I, I think even even the choice of venues is wrong for the Super yeah. Eight side. Do you know what I mean? It's either like home advantage or not, and then and then and then or if it's neutral, neutral. Do you know what I mean? And have it halfway, right? Because um, next weekend you're going to get Castlebar is going to be full, Healy Park is going to be full. You're going to have a fantastic atmosphere, even if we don't get great games. You know the atmosphere and and for th- those towns, you know Longford last year when we played Meath it was great to have Championship football back there. Tyrone yeah. this year, you know, there's something about it. Give provincial towns a chance to have Championship football. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, what's the economic sense of having seven, eight thousand in Core Park? You yeah. know what I mean? I think, I think the place needs to kind of turn over about twenty-five thousand people to make it break even to open up Core Park. Like, grand, if the dubs are playing and they have home advantage, grand, perfect. I know that Shinsky and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Dublin kind of playing in Core Park, like in the Super Eight, like where most of their games even in Core Park. But you know, have it outside yeah. Dublin. Provincial local local ground, and um, well, you're gonna fill the stadium, okay? And um, as you said, great business, great business in that atmosphere, like around the town. And and then and then here's the thing, Denise, like, can I, well, if you if you have home advantage, that you generally believe like there's a realistic yeah. chance of winning the game, like, you yeah. know, can I, but yeah, like, like all of this needs to be revamped. And I, like, to be honest, and even if they decide, like, to sit down this year and kind of tweak it next year, all the better. And hopefully, like, that as would be the norm in, uh, in, 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 in like, when teams have decided that it seems to be cast in stone for the next 125 years. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Deep, like, we're in, like, kind of uncharted new waters in terms of, mm. like, tweaking to the championship. If you could tweak it better next year, I'm all for that. Now have a super race where we see, like, in the second year where there's huge flaws, whereas yeah. they see they're just continuing to do it, trying to flog a dead horse for the next couple of years, right? Do you know what I mean? Then the horse is kind of put down and decide then, like, do you know what I mean? Instead of, like, kind of, instead of, yeah, we, we felt, do a review, yeah, that didn't work well, okay, we need to change that, that didn't work well, yeah, we need to change that, and then, and then have a new version or a new style, like, kind of, Former next year. So. Declan, you're a former intercounty manager and player, but you're also a supporter and lover of the game. What one thing would you like changed about it? I, the, the championship is the big thing, or the way provincial councils see things. Is that what you want? What would you like to see the GA changing? To be honest, with Denise, I, I just find it very difficult to watch Kitty Cooper right now. Mm. I, I just, you know, the odd game, like. Danny Gall Kerry game was thrown into it. The Dubs yeah. play lovely football no matter who they play against. Exactly, yeah. They play nice football. But the big problem I see is that when you have a team like Longford playing against Dublin or you have a team like Leeds playing against Mio or whatever the case, basically, 
against that team of winning. So therefore, they have to employ the most negative tactics they can get yeah. for damage limitations to stay in the game for as long as they can. And it's absolutely boring for the, for the spectator. So I, I just like to see something. The hurling is brilliant mm. because there's just movement all over the place. The ball is moving so fast. Like It's not like the, you have a succession of 10 short passes in hurling. You know, it, it, it's used wisely and then the ball is, is moved on. And I think football rules have got to change to some extent. I don't know how you're going to do it. But you, you this mass hand passing and you stop this mass movement of players back the pitch. Uh, things like maybe not allowing the ball to go back across the halfway line. Thank and you. Basketball might be a good advantage. The other thing that, that you must have at least four players off your team in the half of the pitch at all times. That means that if you have your four forwards, let's say, that you have to keep your four forwards up the pitch and if they just watch the half halfway line, then it's an automatic 45 to the opposition. People say that's going to be very difficult for the referee to keep an eye on. But it's not because your linesman there can exactly. on the paper. You've only three now, that's sorry, that's 45. And I'll tell you, that would, that would self-regulate because me as a coach in the line would be eating the ass off lads by drifting and mm-hmm. losing concentration. And now you have, suddenly you have four players that have to be in the other end of the pitch outside the goalkeeper. So therefore, you have four backs and four forwards. That's eight players who are not allowed beyond the halfway line. And now you have a less congested area and there might be some possibility that football will play with a bit more foot. And, uh, foot passing because you know I think we're in the 80s in the 70s in the 80s I think the 80s was a really good time for football and um, I, I just think and in and the 90s uh, I just think that the football was a bit more like Australian rules and now it's gone much more like basketball yeah. or rugby league and it's too slow and you know something we're all captured in it because we're coaching and we have to coach in order to try and win matches and sometimes that involves negative coaching but for the spectator who comes in here, pays their tenor, watch the match, they're being bored out of the head. And, you know, it's not the photographs you see in Croke Park, there's young people on their phones because there's no excitement. Yes. Sean Og, I love the GEA. Anyone that knows me, my local club, my county, I love them. And we're not kind of bashing the GEA. I think we're kind of giving the GEA ideas. I would love to have people like yourself, Declan Rowell, you know, guys that have been there, done that, know what the game is about to give their ideas. I think the GA have to have some kind of forum where people like you are allowed to come in and give ideas because some of the ideas and some of the things that Declan said would absolutely revive Gaelic football and it's something that needs to be done because Declan knows at 9 out from going even to club games it's kind of stemming down there something does need to be done for, for Gaelic football. Even listening to Declan there like the ideas that he is kind of you know what I mean throwing yeah. out there even his brains like there's enough brains in the association to solve this right yeah. but just unfortunately there's a cohort or a small group like within the organisation anything that makes common sense <laughs> yeah doesn't make and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here by mentioning that like you know yeah no no you're right years. it's the same over the years right there's enough like there's enough kind of good, good smart people make a few tweets to kind of do you know what I mean? Kind of get Gaelic football more uh, on track. The nail and nail it. The reason why hurling, the reason why hurling is a better spectacle is because it's a more contested game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of that's been adopted in Gaelic football has just gone non-contested no um, I mean teams can shift the ball or hold on to the ball for two three minutes without even without kind of a person laying a hand on him or allowing someone else like what you call it 
to make a contest to get the ball off him generally like and and then they see should the great Mick O'Connell was asked like Mick what do you think of Gaelic football he, 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 Mick O'Connell laughed Gaelic football this is pass ball because I haven't seen a ball kicked in 20 years in Gaelic football like you know and he's like can I get, get me kicked back into Gaelic football is going to be like what you call getting the football football back into Gaelic football is is going yeah, to be here? Yeah. Absolutely, and um, I know there's I I I know there's forums, and I know there's associations like the GPM, and you have big club players associations with their own ideas and agendas. But like ultimately, I'm all good or it's worthless. Like unless the powers that be at the top table, you know what I mean? I.e. John Horan. Uh, I.e. Tom Ryan, do you know what I mean? Kind of, who the, what you call it, an arch war, like the day, what you call it, take note. Because I'm sure they'll go into these games as well. I mean, like, and they're looking at what we're looking at, like. And they're still like Caesar, the Colosseum, thinking everything is rosy, and then the whole thing is like, the, you know, the Roman Empire is falling apart, mm. like. They have to see what we're seeing as well, like, foreign Gaelic football. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't need to take any geniuses to come from South Ireland, like. No. No organisation. They're like the Declan Rowley, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the Sullies in Ireland that we spoke in, like, in this yeah. programme. There are other people all over the country. Give them genuine voice and just make the changes and then let's move on. Like. But Declan, when you have your um, president coming out, he's going to make an, a, a snide remark about the Cork football supporter being different to the Cork hurling supporter. It kind of tells you something and, you know, fans don't like that. Listen, we'll move on to the games. The big one, Declan, is Saturday evening. You know, it's the one we're all looking forward to. Mio, Donegal, Casabar, winner takes all. Yeah, I, I think Sean O'Gas absolutely right there. You know, it's a blockbuster. It's a game that is a bit like the game in Limerick with Mio and Kerry some years ago. Mm. They learned in semi-final replay. It has that sort of feel to it. And they all are going really well. They have a really good setup. They've got yeah. a lot of young players. They've got, they've got good forwards. They're going very well. The game against Kerry will have got them on and off that. And then you have Mio who are hanging in and hanging in. And in fairness to them, you have to give an offer. Yeah. You wouldn't rule them out uh, in the sense that you know, they have great resilience and I know that's been gorged with injuries, but they're getting them back and there's got players getting injured, but they have young players coming back in as well. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I think it's John Over right. Take it out of Pro Park. Yeah. It's into, into ground where you have numbers, you have a massive atmosphere. It's like the FA Cup in England where you have to go to somebody's ground if you get a result out of it, um, and it could be the other dog, but they just, they can't, at their own ground. You remember back in 2006 when Dublin came down to Longford? Longford, yeah. Longford. And they beat it by two points. And the previous year, we had played them in Cork Park. And beat Absolutely annihilated us, yeah. And it does close that gap. And I think this is going to be a great game of football. I think both teams will play football as well. Because yeah. they're in the as well. They're, while they have a great defensive unit, they're not a negative defensive team. And, you know, they, they I don't know if they have enough quality up front to handle Donegal. Donegal have more quality up front. Yeah. Than Rarity and those young lads now, there's a young Oshin, um uh, young that they came in the last day and he's super and long range kicker as well and and obviously Michael Murphy is just a colossus he could have played in any era I think we're all looking forward to this match I think it would be a really good match we all look forward to the all carry match and it didn't disappoint I think the Dubs don't disappoint I think they're really good no well, I like watching uh, them as well yeah we just, we just need to get lots of those games where they're even and there's a contest and it's a bit like the hurling today and yesterday you just need a contest where teams are going at each other flat out 
to revive that first senior championship. I think there will be a few good games left in the All Ireland series, but this is one of them. I tell you, it's going to be interesting as well because uh, Stephen Rochford is in with uh, Declan Bonner and he'll probably have a point to prove in Castlebar as well, Declan. Sean Og in the other game, Meath versus Kerry, you know, you're kind of expecting Kerry to win that game, you know. Meath, you know, in, in sports they've they've done all right. They've decent enough um, young players as well. That game is in Park Tolchin as well, so it's nice for them to have a home game against Kerry. Yeah, absolutely. Well, funny enough, I and you don't have anything as much to run into play for because they yeah. see what you call it, whether they win this game or not. But that's, that's their season over, right? But me traditionally, right, do you know where other counties might against Kerry, do you know what I mean, mm. defeated before the ball is thrown in? Me traditionally, like, and, uh, they'll always, you know, they'll always give it to Kerry, right? I, like, I cast my mind back to, was it all our semi final back in 2001? Kerry went up, raging hot favours in the semi final against me, and me hammered them off the ground, like, and uh, I, I reckon me would give them a test, and traditionally me teams do, uh, and, and I'd say if Annie McIntyre's going to be staying next year, this will be kind of a chance trying to sign off in the year, winter off, and then to get back in it as a group next year. And this is like a dangerous game for Kerry, Denise, right? Mm. Even though they're 99% true, the last thing that Kerry wants is a poor performance or a bad beating for me into the semi-final, maybe with question marks. But 99%. Kerry seems are always professional. I do expect Kerry to win well. I don't think like they won't have it all the way up to 70 minutes, right? Um, the reason why Donegal and Mayo is going to be a great game is it's like the hurling quarterfinals and the hurling semi-finals championship. It's, yeah. it's a knockout game. And then, and then for me, I think there's a lesson and that's the only time that you're going to really see quality play when it's a knockout because players, because players know, right? In a knockout situation, it's one bite of the cherry, you don't take it, you're gone. At the La Vista, right? We're kind of like in the long robins and hurling earlier on in the months when I left the championship. Even if you lose, you kind of have, you have comfort. There's another game next week yeah. or another game a week after, do you know what I mean? But this is it, like, season on the line for me on Donegal. I, 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 if I was to call a winner, I'd fancy Donegal. I think like, so, yeah. Uh, moving on to Sunday then, Declan. I'm sorry, I'm giving you the dead rubber. Just the way I wrote these games. Cork and Roscommon, down in Parky Rain. I suppose it's nice for Roscommon people to have a bank holiday weekend in Cork. That's probably about the only thing that they'll have this weekend, yeah. I remember the Kinsale Sevens and Rugby used to be great weekend as well. I think so too and you know they're kind of building as well Declan to, to next year and you know they'll be favourites to get out of uh, Division 3 Sean Og, um Tyrone Dublin it's in Healy Park Tyrone will want to see where they are when they pit themselves up against Dublin it's a home game you know they lost to Dublin last year in Healy Park so they'll be hoping to uh, 
you know, gain revenge this time around. Yeah, and and, and to be honest, the, the, the fact that he's in the warmer kind of, I think nature's kind of a closer mm. game, and I mean this with the highest respect to Tyrone and Omar, right? And these kind of like Manchester United go to Galatasaray. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much for seeing. Thank you, Sean Og, for joining us again this weekend. Declan, thank you as well. Listen, best of luck for the rest of the club championship. Your wish, um, Ardham, I do um, in the intermediate championship. Poor old Declan um, seems to have uh, bad luck with injuries. I think he'll have to make a trip to uh, Lourdes or Fatima, Declan, Lourdes, with the way. I think. Yeah, Denise. Yeah, look, it's been a pleasure being on, and uh, it's been on with a legend, like Sean Og. <laughs> uh, Declan, before, I, yeah, before you go, who do you fancy for the homing for you? Very difficult now. It's very difficult. I just think Tip, you know something, Kilkenny might have played their best game. I think Tip have been shown good form earlier in the year, uh, and I think they'll have the physicality to handle Kilkenny, and there's a great rivalry there between them. My father-in-law is from Turland. He's from Turland. He's the home of Turland. And then, and then, here's one for Denise, right? The reason why... I know it would have been it would have been great to see Westwood in the final, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then, especially for the promotion of hurling, do you know what I mean? It's great. Mm-hmm. But it would, it would have been very hard for Westwood to beat uh, Kilkenny yeah. one year. And if there's one country that don't fear Kilkenny, like yeah, they, they don't they don't fear the cats. And then and then you look at the record book head to head. Tip Hammer over Kilkenny, like in Holland, like you know. So, uh, so yeah, I think you're definitely, yeah, I think you're like the something there already. Right?